All right, it's Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. Welcome to your weekend, everybody. Welcome, Clinton Wilkins. Todd, we're back. We're back. And it's officially spring now. Yeah, it didn't feel like it that we had snow earlier in the week. I know. The weather in Nova Scotia has been weird. Well, that's okay, because Nova Scotians can be weird sometimes. Yeah, this is true. You know what? I think I'm a little bit weird. You probably have to be weird to be self-employed. No, you have to be, uh, I don't know about weird. You have to be something, that's for sure. You got to have something. It takes well, you, a little, maybe, magic sauce. Well, you built an empire. I don't know if it's an empire per se, but, you know, it's something. Someday, people will be talking about the city of Halifax, and they'll be saying about the empire building category of the of the book. Your name will be among them. Well, you know what? I think that it's also a situation where, you know, we've certainly created a lot of uh, economic results probably out of this office. And yeah. I think that we've also likely, um, you know, enabled home ownership for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. From really you across make, dream, this- make dreams come true. Does sound corny, but it's a fact. I right? mean, we it's all about the Canadian dream, I think. And, you know. Um, I don't even know if the Canadian dream is even really, you know, a word per se, but you know, well, homeowner- two words actually. I mean, it's two words, but you know what? Homeownership certainly is a part of that. Yeah. And as we know in Halifax and in Nova Scotia, um, you know, homeownership is much more realistic than it is in many other areas from across this country. Yeah, of course. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in and listening, everybody. Of course, we've got uh, listenership in Ottawa as well as uh, Halifax, and we really appreciate. Uh, Everybody's valuable time. I, we were chatting before uh, before we started recording tonight. Uh, by the way, we're in new digs here in your. Uh, we moved. We've moved within we've, within your office, right? Yeah. So for those of you who really want to see, you know, uh, where we're at, we'll put a couple uh, photos up here on social media, and you can certainly check it out on our Facebook and Instagram or on Twitter. Um, and you know, you can kind of see where we're at in the office. You can see what we look yeah. like. Um, and we've relocated a little bit because today. The sun was shining. And let me tell you, it was blazing hot in, in my office. In your office, yeah. Yeah, blazing, blazing hot. So we've relocated out here. We're actually out here in our lobby. And, you know, we're watching the cars go by. We are watching, you know, people walk by here on the street. You know, we're right on the corner of Hollis and uh, George Street, right in downtown Halifax. Nice. So where I was going with this is we were chatting just before we started recording in, mm-hmm. in the uh, new part of the office here, which is really... I like this better, by the way. I think it should be a permanent move. What do you think? Well, you know what? As long as uh, the cleaners don't want to come in and, you know, disturb us while Aren't we you are... Aren't <laughs> We also put a couple posters up on, on the door. So maybe I'll do one of these, you know, like X, don't come right. in if I see anybody coming. <laughs> so where I was going with this is I, I asked you, do you get many people, do you get a lot of feedback from the uh, from the show, from the radio show? And you said emphatically, yes. I can tell you of, you know, anything that we do. And, you know, we do lots of media. We do TV and we do radio and we do lots of stuff online and in print. The one thing that people always tell me, they say, Clinton, I heard you on the radio. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot going on in the world, Todd. And I don't want to discount that, you know, everything is just rainbows and unicorns out there. Um but I can tell you, I think a lot of people are listening to city news right now. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, they want to see what's going on with COVID. They want to know what's yeah. going on with the Ukraine. They want to know what's going on with inflation and the Bank of Canada. And, you know, yeah. we're there and we're having those conversations. And I think that's really, really valuable. And, you know, obviously there's a lot going on with the housing market as well. Uh, you know, spring is typically one of the busiest markets of the year. So I think we'll probably have some people tuning in here this weekend. 
All right, so while we're on the in the news kind of segment, uh, let's talk a bit about uh, the recent provincial budget mm-hmm. and a couple of pretty big impactful things here. Uh, so for those who don't know, why don't you let every, what are some of the at least one of the things you wanted to talk about was this detransfer tax? Yeah, so the detransfer yeah. tax is now going to be increased for any uh, residents outside of Nova Scotia that are buying properties that will not be. Uh, occupied by a Nova Scotian, so it's a it's a move that was done by the uh, you know uh, provincial Tory party that mm-hmm. are currently in government here in the province of Nova Scotia, and you know they're trying to make sure that the homes, um, second homes, properties are being occupied by Nova Scotians. You know we're in a housing crisis here in Nova Scotia, just like many other areas from across the country. There's not enough supply, so it's something that they're doing to. Uh, you know, obviously generate some revenue. Yep. And they're planning on putting the revenue that they're generating off of this and off of increased property taxes uh, and put this into, you know, some housing initiatives. And, uh, you know, we need it, Todd. Mm-hmm. We need it. Um, you know, I think in some ways this might be, you know, taxing the rich. And, you know, that could be, it's going to be popular and it's going to be unpopular. Um, uh, it, it, I think there's lots of ways to potentially generate these funds and this is something that's been done in other provinces in PEI already Mm -hmm. for years uh, they were uh, charging extra property taxes uh, for people who lived outside of the province I can tell you in uh, New Brunswick if it was a rental property it was double property tax it still is and uh, you know in Ontario and BC they they put measures in place and they're working on measures to make sure that properties are occupied so you know Nova Scotia is uh, doing lockstep, I would say we probably have one of the most aggressive policies that have been put forward. Uh, it's going to impact that detransfer tax, yeah. but also the property tax, and it's effective April first, so it's already yeah. it's already in place. So, is it in part uh, to dissuade uh, potentially people from buying properties and not living in properties from out of this? Is is that what it's for? Yeah, I think that's really partly why. So, like for example, if you buy a rental property, yeah, and you have a uh, you rented to Nova Scotians, yeah. you're cool. That's not going to impact you. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really meant to uh, maybe make buyers from outside of the province, but also outside the country, really think twice to be like, you know what, do I want to buy this property? Yeah. Is it going to soften the market, Todd? No. Probably not. I don't think so. Why do you say that? Uh, you know, if you're going to buy a cottage here in Nova Scotia, that's already a luxury item. Yeah. You can afford to pay a couple bucks more. It might, though, this is what's interesting. Let's say that, you know, you're somebody who lives outside the province and you've had a second home here for years and it's paid off, but you're a retired person with a fixed income. Mm -hmm. You might decide to put that home up for sale. Mm -hmm. It may put some more supply into the market. You know, and and it's really hard to know what will happen, um, but the government is planning on making tens of millions of dollars off of these, you know, measures. And those funds that they're going to generate is they're planning on putting these back into housing, housing initiatives that will help potentially, you know, lower income uh, and, you know, other maybe developers get more housing stock on online, which we obviously do need. First time home buyers, there's a, a liberal MLA, Laura Lee Nickel, mm-hmm. I actually talked to her on, on, on my radio show on City News 95.7, and uh, she's floating the idea for first-time home buyers uh, having the detransfer tax, which is 1.5% exempt um, pushback from some municipalities because that would impact their revenue. But what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't know if it's a massive roadblock for first-time home buyers, to be honest. Yeah. How much is it generally? Like five grand? 
three it, grand? I, it all it all depends on what on the, the purchase, purchase price, price on right? On a five hundred thousand dollar purchase, what you're would talking it be? like seventy five hundred bucks. So well, that's that's significant. It is certainly significant, and I don't know if that will make a difference between you know helping or hindering the market, maybe making it you yeah. know even a more heated. I don't know if that's a big enough barrier to entry that is keeping first time home buyers out of the market. Right. One thing that I do think that's going to, you know, impact, and I, I did some lobbying with Mortgage Professionals Canada, um, with MLAs, uh, sorry, not MLAs, sorry, MPs from across the country and across kind of our region. We were talking about housing issues that are impacting Nova Scotians and obviously people who live in this in this region. And one of the issues that we really talked about was uh, around the first-time home buyers incentive. And I know, Todd, we talked extensively about that. It really, I think, worked well in Nova Scotia and Atlantic Canada early on when it was first, you know, rolled out. But the federal government has actually only dispersed about 30% of the funds that they had earmarked for this first-time home buyers incentive. And one thing that we were really lobbying these MPs about was say, hey, let's ditch this first-time home buyers incentive and let's change the maximum amortization to 30 years mm -hmm. you know just for first time just for first time home buyers yeah. i think that will give first time home buyers that extra little of affordability that yeah. they need todd that's, that's significant and you know what i'm not against first time home buyers um getting the deed transfer tax waived i'm not i'm i'm, sure, I'm no, not against it i'm not against it yeah. but i don't know if that is the barrier to entry i think affordability over the long run yeah. is more and more important to them how much of a difference and again i know it depends on the mortgage and all that stuff might that make 30 years to 25 years you know what? It's actually can make a significant difference, uh, you know, in terms of what the affordability is. I think it's between, you know, uh, 10 or 15 percent, potentially more for some homebuyers can get into the market. OK, so uh, we get uh, quite a bit of time left in the show and we're going to talk about uh, what, do you, what quickly. What do you want to get to for sure? We're certainly going to talk about refinance. I know there's a lot of uh, existing homeowners that are listening to our show and listen to yeah. our show all the time. So we really do love that. We're going to talk about refinance. Certainly more refis are being done this spring than uh, have ever been done before. Okay, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, returns after this. Welcome back to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, broadcasting in the fine cities of Halifax and Ottawa. Imagine your voice going out to thousands of people in those two fine cities, Clinton. What do you th that? What's that feel like? I mean, I think it feels pretty good. And you know what? People can also listen to us online. And I think they do which is kind of cool. Well, of course they do. Why wouldn't they, right? Yeah, they listen to us online and you can listen to our show online and we're going to post little clips throughout the month on our social media and obviously on our website. And yeah. if you have any questions, feel free to ever, you know, send us a tweet or send us an email if you want to ask us a question. Yep. Or if there's something you want us to talk about on the air. Yep. I, I love a little question. Yeah. It gives me a little, you know, a little prompt. A little prompt? You don't have to do all the thinking for yourself? Well, you know what? This is why you're here, to ask all the hard questions. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm a client of yours. Yes, of course. A high-end client. High-value client. <laughs> high-value client. And he laughs. So <laughs> I've so I've, this is my second mortgage with you, mm -hmm. and this one we did a we did a refi, and I put uh, I put quite a bit of money back into my home, which is a huge investment, 
and I showed you some uh, pictures of progress. Yeah, and I love seeing the progress yeah. photos. Like that's what I, you know, really kind of excites me. Yeah. I'll be curious to know what the value is once the work is yeah, done. Yeah, once the work's done, exactly. So uh, to that, I received because I'm a valued client, uh, your your home ownership guide. I receive it electronically and hard copy in the mm-hmm. mail. And I opened it up, and my goodness gracious, what did I see on the very first page was a photo of me. Your mug is right in there. I know, eh? <laughs> right on the inside cover. Like, that's that, that, that that's the money shot, really. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, if I were trying to pay for that type of publicity, I wouldn't be able to afford that. I mean, you know what? That's why you're we're, we're here on the radio. Exactly. So but, this guide to home ownership, uh, for those who want to access this, they can get it online. Yeah, it's they? right on our website. Like, if yeah. you go on teamclinton.ca slash radio, it'll be right there. Um, you can download an electronic copy like in a PDF. But if you want a hard copy, Todd... Yeah, we'll mail it out to you. We'll mail it out to you. There's a form right on there and you can fill it out. And you know what? You'll get it right in the mail. What type of things? I mean, I've gone through it a few times. But what what are some of the things that people can get out of this? So, you know, the guide is really um, structured for everyone. So, you know, we we talk about, you know, obviously people when they're becoming first time home buyers. Mm -hmm. But we also talk to people who are existing homeowners. So, you know, we try to make it for everyone. And there's lots of Halifaxy things in there. And you know, you want to know what the real cool thing is about this guide? This is our 10th one. So I'm kind of proud of this one. Yep. The photos are all from Halifax. They're all Halifax photos. I'm being given the uh, uh, a little uh, th- um, thumbs and, and fingers over there. I guess it's nine. Nine is the correct number, but... Whatever, yeah. nine, ten. Why wouldn't they be from Halifax? Well, we were, we used to use a lot of stock images, believe it or not. Was that right? Yeah, but now the last like year or so, like we've really invested in doing a lot of photos that are all around um, HRM and around Halifax. And even if you go on our website, like all our blog posts are all Halifax photos. And you know, it was one thing that we really kind of wanted to invest into because all our content, we do all our content local. It's all you know. Uh, my thoughts and all these things and um but we were using stock images so it's like you know it almost looks like this was kind of like out of the box content mm-hmm. where we write it very specifically like today we actually put out a blog post about what has happened since the bank of canada increased the key overnight rate mm-hmm. and just a couple of thoughts on you know what's going on in the rate environment what's going on in the economy and this is content that we did you know, specifically for our blog and our customers got an email today too. So you may or may not have an email from me in your inbox. Oh, there you go. So uh, to that Bank of Canada, was there something you, you wanted to mention or yeah, valuable in, to talk about? In uh, early March, as you know, they increased the key overnight rate by uh, 25 basis points, so yeah. by 0.25. The next Bank of Canada meeting is actually going to be next week, next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So obviously we are going to be watching uh, many economists are predicting that the key overnight rate is going to increase. I don't think it's going to be uh, ring the alarm and press the panic button quite yet. Right. But they're thinking this increase might be 25 or 50 basis points. So, uh, you know, we're going to be watching. I'll be watching the Bank of Canada uh, live when the announcement is released. And I'll be back on City News here in yeah. Halifax. We're going to talk about the Bank of Canada, uh, obviously, next Wednesday. So if you want to hear my perspective, you can certainly tune yeah. back in on... Uh, on Wednesday, yeah. the uh, the thirteenth of April. All right. So if it does go up, uh, the point two five percent, which is matching the last one, mm-hmm. we're, we're talking what potentially hundreds more dollars a month for people. Less than that. What are you What are you talking about? 
you know what? It really depends on somebody's mortgage. You know, our average mortgage amount is somewhere around $330,000, On a mortgage like that, you're going to see a payment increase somewhere in the $34 a month. Right. So not a significant significant increase. And that would be for clients that have an adjustable rate mortgage or adjustable payment. And that is basically a lender that the payment goes up and down depending variable. on what We're happens. Talking variable. Right. Yeah. So there's also a standard variable variable mortgage. So many lenders offer uh, a standard variable where the amortization changes if the prime rate changes. Sometimes I find those uh, variable mortgages that don't have the payment changing are qu- not quite as popular. The reason being is in a in a raising or rising uh, rate environment. Mm-hmm. People's amortization is going to get longer when there's a, a, a rate increase. And not everybody likes that, Todd. I think some people are, would rather have a small increase that'll basically prepare them for the future. And it's a very small increase in the grand scheme of things. And we're going we're gonna to keep an eye on it. Uh, many con- customers today are really asking us, um, does it make sense to convert into a fixed rate? Mm-hmm. And I will say it, and I will say it again. Friends don't let friends take a fixed rate. Uh, right now, the fixed rates today are somewhere around 4%. Mm-hmm. And you know, a good variable rate today is somewhere, you know, in that 2% range yeah, or less. Yeah, it could be definitely yeah. less. Yeah. And what would happen if you did convert your rate would literally double. So how many, if you're paying, let's say you're paying 2%. Mm-hmm. So how many 0.25 would it take to get so that you're paying what you'd be paying at 4%? So it'd be, I, I guess like math, eight, but... 8.25 increases. Right. And which is going to happen over a, a number of months so if not more than that historically borrowers do better in a variable yeah there's a couple things that are going to be and uh, that we're going to be watching obviously very closely one is inflation that is really a key indicator yeah. some economists think that we're going to be at the target inflation by the end of the year so that could be good news mm-hmm. the other thing that we really don't know about obviously is what's going on in the ukraine yeah. So that has a big impact on maybe supply chain issues. Uh, it has a big impact on global markets. And we're going to be watching these things. And obviously, we'll report to you uh, on the radio. And we'll obviously have it on our social media and our website. We're going to we keep a close eye on this uh, all day, every day. We watch uh, and listen to reports uh, that economists put out you know, every day and, and uh, certainly keep an eye. We are in a raising rate environment. You know, fixed rates are certainly going up. Mm-hmm. And I think the spreads even on some variable rate mortgages are not as good as they have been over the last, you know, couple of years uh, with COVID. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Yes, it might make the cost of borrowing a little bit more expensive for you and I. Mm-hmm. But I think for some people who might have been in the, you know, the market, first time home buyers, uh, it might get them, get them off the fence or it might kind of, Put them on the bench, right? You know, you know, some people will choose to be like, you know what, uh, the supply is low, the rates are up. Maybe now is not the right time for me. And you know, I th- think we're definitely seeing more and more supply come on the market. Um, it was pretty grim here, Todd. Yeah. You know, December, January, February, March, even like there were not a lot of listings, but now we're getting up to more. Not, I'm not going to say it's a normal supply amount, but like we're definitely getting more and more listings. Why? What's happening? Do you think? Um, I think it's a variety of things that are happening. I think obviously the word is out that the values have, have gone up. Right. So I think, uh, you know, people owned maybe a second home or if they owned a rental property, um, you know, maybe they're going to capitalize. They're going to get it listed. 
-hmm. I think the little old lady and the little old man, you know, say maybe this is the time for me. Yeah. And, you know, if they're able to line up, uh, you know, an apartment or something like that, then maybe they want to sell their home to a first time home buyer. And let me tell you, we are seeing some love letters get written to sellers. Mm -hmm. And I see in these love letters, you know, what we're a first time home buyer, um, you know, we're young. And, you know, sometimes that is the maker or breaker uh, for, you know, a vendor to sell, sell to someone. So. Okay, so we are going to get to refinance no matter what in our next segment. I'm going to hold you to that, okay? 100%. And I know, obviously, and if you're an existing homeowner, refinance, you definitely want to hear about it. So keep on listening. Okay, we'll be right back. You ever see Bart Simpson dance? Yeah. It's kind of like that, what you're doing right now. <laughs> True, isn't it, though? Oh, you know what? Yeah. I think I'm a good dancer. <laughs> you dance like Bart Simpson. You honestly well, you do. know what? He's yeah. famous. And so, he's, they, he, so as long as somebody's he's famous. He's pretty old, though. He's pretty old. That's true. Anyway, that's uh, Loverboy, uh, some Canadian content right there, right? Eh? Oh, yeah, we'll finish up with a Canadian con. We'll have to pick a, a Halifax artist for the very end of the show. So if you want to hear another song, we did say that we wanted to do a music show at some point. That's right. Uh, welcome back to uh, Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself. Todd, oh, some, <coughs> one of these times I'm going to put my own name first. Todd, you know. I mean, you can put your you. name first, last, whenever. No, but it makes more sense because you are, I mean, you're the mortgage guru. Well, um, you know, I think I'm certainly a mortgage professional and, you know, after over 4,000 transactions and a billion dollars worth of mortgage financing, yeah. I want to say that I've seen it all, but you know what? Every day I see something new. There you go. And you know what? I like it. It's, it's very interesting. Good. There's nothing else I would rather do. All right. And as promised, we're going to talk about refinance. Yes, we are. Let's talk about refinance. Uh, not for everybody. It certainly is not for everyone. You know, uh, you know uh, I think a lot of households, their goal is to become mortgage free. Um, and you know, sometimes doing a refinance, Todd, and pulling some equity out of the home yeah. can actually help you get mortgage free faster. How so? Imagine. How so? I actually just talked to somebody today. Um, they had $100,000 worth of unsecured debt, yes. which they are currently paying $3,000 a month on outside of their mortgage. Mm-hmm. Home worth $500,000, mortgage owed less than $300,000, bada boom, bada bing, combine it all together into a new mortgage uh, for $400,000, and guess what? We can cut their amortization in less than half. Wow. So when you talk about $100,000 in insecure debt, are you t are you talking like lines, of credit, lines of credit, credit card, What loans. type of interest rates would you be talking about? Um pretty high yeah you know i would 20%, say some like of that. it would be 20 percent yeah some of it is you know around like seven eight nine percent depends on kind of like what credit facility it is right and you know on a really good uh you know unsecured line of credit it's usually even like around five percent todd so we're talking anywhere from like five to twenty percent usually mm -hmm. and these guys were hammering it down yeah. you know they were paying it yeah. you know lots of good household income no problem with affording it mm -hmm. 
but it would take them a real, real yeah. long time. Yeah. Forever. Like we're talking, I don't know about forever, but we're talking like more than five years probably yeah. to get this, you know, unsecured debt paid off. And they were in the middle of their term. But guess what? They were in a variable rate mortgage. Yeah. And it was only going to cost them something like $1,500 to get out of their term early. They're paying that much a month in interest. Wow. So pretty shocking when you look at it. And sometimes you really don't think about, you know, the mechanics of like, what would a refinance look like? And some people think that when you refinance, you're like, well, I'm going to start my mortgage o over and I pay all the interest in the beginning. It really depends on what the amortization is. Mm -hmm. And not everyone who does a refi goes to 30 years or goes to 25 years. We can play with the amortization because essentially you're a free agent when we're doing a refi. And we can make sure the amortization meets your needs and the term meets your needs and the mortgage amount meets, meets your needs. Now, don't get me wrong, Todd. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's doing a refi to pay unsecured debt. Don't, that, that is not really what I want to, uh, you know, say that, that what this, that's what we do all the time. It's not. People are doing refis right now to improve their properties. People are doing refis and maybe putting a collateral charge type product on it, maybe with like a home equity line of credit, maybe different mortgage components. And they're using some of those credit facilities for investment purposes. Mm -hmm. All right. That has to be a pretty savvy investor, but you know, that is an option. Yeah. And thirdly, people are doing refinances to pay out other debts. Right. And you know, everybody's situation is a little bit different. I can tell you in our office, uh, we reached out to a bunch of our clients over the last month or two and, and basically talked to them, you know, you bought a home prior to January, 2020 or March, 2020. You have a lot of equity in your property. You are in a variable rate mortgage product. Maybe looking at a midterm refinance makes sense. Now, obviously Todd, it doesn't make sense for everyone. You know, maybe if you've had a change of your employment and maybe we, if we can't confirm your income, that might be a problem. Mm -hmm. Maybe if there's been maybe some credit challenges, maybe that doesn't make sense. But for a lot of people, it does. And, you know, I, 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 I almost regret, not even regret, that's the wrong word. But, you know, I was very proactive before, you know, before the pandemic. You know, we did a lot of annual reviews, a lot of check-ins with our client. And our, and our team still does that. But I didn't have the time to, you know, look at a client's file and say, okay, let's look at this. Yeah, a refi does make sense because guess what? We were busy with purchases. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we didn't have this nice to do, let's look and see, does a midterm refinance work for you? But now where we've had a chance to pause and breathe and kind of reevaluate, um, you know, we're in a situation that, you know, do, we're do, certainly doing a lot of refis and the amount of transactions we're doing, um, you know, is about the same as previous years, but more and more transactions are refis and less maybe our purchases. And I think that's just a, you know, uh, a symptom of the amount of inventory that's in the market. Mm -hmm. So when somebody refinances and they want to put their money into the house, I know this firsthand because I just, I just went through this, mm -hmm. but it's, it's not as though you're paying a contractor on their behalf or anything like that. It's not like a new purchase where you get a, you simply, the, the deal closes, the money you goes get in your money bank into your bank account and you could do anything you want with that money, not to suggest that people should, but you need some discipline is what I'm getting I, at I here. would 100% say you have discipline. If we do a refi and we're paying out other debts, yeah. typically the payment goes directly to that creditor. Right. All right. Yeah. So that's normally the way it works. Yeah. When we're doing a refi and we're pulling equity out for, an, you know, improvement, you know, we're doing renovations. Mm -hmm. 
the money then goes to your bank account. Yeah. And yeah, you do need to make some good decisions. You don't want to go on vacation or maybe buy a new car with it. Yeah. You know, I'm not really a big believer on doing a refi and paying out cars. Because guess what? That asset's depreciating and you don't want to pay that car over 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, and you're always going to need a new car. But, you know, if there's other debts that might have I mean, maybe initially been maybe some short-term debts, but then they've turned into some long-term borrowing, it is a lot cheaper to do a refi at a variable rate, let's say 2%. It's a lot cheaper to do a refi at 2% than it is having money sitting on a credit card at 20%. Yeah. And it's not that we are creating any new debt. I think it's just putting the debt in the best financial vehicle to help you pay it off faster. And I often ask people, I'm like, okay, how much are you paying on these accounts? Like, I know what comes up on the credit bureau, but like, how much are you paying? And they're like, oh, I'm putting 400 on this one, and I'm putting 500 on that one, and that one's $800 a month. And I add it up, and I'm like, wow. If you even uh, increase your mortgage payment by $1,000 a month compared to what you were paying before, you're going to be further ahead. And we're able to put a couple thousand dollars a month back into that household you know, every month. It's a no-brainer. When it comes to appraisal, is that mm -hmm. usually what might happen? Not always. It depends. How, how do you know whether, yeah, some, when does an appraisal get triggered? Is so what some at. lenders have a low ratio valuation system. Yeah. Um, some lenders use the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation just to access their data. So refis are not insured. They're not insurable. They're conventional, like a standard mortgage. Um, but some uh, lenders have access to the low ratio valuation system. So they can see, you know, with the postal code, with the square footage, is the value supported? Uh, other lenders have access to First Canadian Title, which is uh, uh, an insurance company, and they have a valuation service. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, other lenders use a third-party appraisal management company, and they also do their own auto evaluation. Right. And if the value is supported by kind of any of those methods, mm -hmm. then you don't need an appraisal. There is a lot of sales data right now, right. which is positive. Yeah. But I think if we're doing a refi, and I always ask the customer, like, what do you think this house is going to sell for? You know your house better than I do. I've never been to it. Uh, you know what comparable homes in your neighborhood are selling for, or at least, you know, you're keeping an eye. You have kind of have a, a reasonable idea on like what, 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 what it's worth. And I take the lead from the customer. It's sometimes a Goldilocks though. It can't be too high and it can't be too low. Mm -hmm. You know, it can't be too hard. It can't be too soft. Um, and like, that's one thing that we certainly do take into consideration. And not every property can go through this low ratio valuation system. You know, if it's a multi-unit, maybe that won't work. If it's in a more rural area, like the postal code is B0, maybe that won't work. Um, but we certainly try these low ratio valuation systems first. Mm -hmm. And if the value is supported, cool. That saves you some money, saves me some time. Everybody's happy. But not in every scenario is the value supported. And if it's not, then we do need a full appraisal. And typically it's at the client's cost. Some lenders do have promotions on right now where they'll reimburse the borrower for the cost of the appraisal. I mean, not every lender, but some do. Um, and we can refinance up to 80% of that market value. And that market value is determined by the appraisal if it's required. So it's a maximum of 80% of what the appraisal value is. Do you often recommend going to the uh, straight to the 80% or sometimes do you say... Look, you don't need the 80% or what type of it really guidance is yeah, offered? Yeah, it really depends. Scenario. Like, I think one consideration, obviously, is income. 
People yeah. can only swing so much. Yeah. And we never want to put somebody in a worse position. And, you know, I think that's one thing that we really kind of look at. You know, we evaluate how much can these people afford? Typically, the level of affordability is somewhere between four and four and a half times the household annual income. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they might have a home and they might own it and have lots of equity in the property, but they can only maybe secure a mortgage at 65% or 50%, uh, depending on what their income is. So I think that's a consideration. And in some cases on a refinance, uh, we'll put a collateral charge type product on the home. So maybe it has multiple different components under that global limit. Uh, so for example, let's say you own a $500,000 home and we're doing a global limit up to 400,000, but you you say, Hey Clinton, we really only want a mortgage for 200. Right. We would still likely do this type of product, but maybe if you can qualify and you can afford it, we may open up a home equity line of credit up to that 80% mark just so you have the available credit. So, you know, if you do need to dip into that for renovations, or if you do need, want to dip into that for investments or something like that, mm -hmm. it's set up. It's so much easier to get access to credit when you don't need it, but when you do need it, that sometimes can be a challenge. The average refinance file, typically from the day we opened it to funding, mm -hmm. 60 days is the normal. So, you know, if you need to buy something or if you're like, hey, I'm buying a new car, but it's a used car, chances are it might be easier and cheaper to finance that on your home equity line of credit. Right, right now, HELOCs, most lenders, prime plus 50 basis points. You're looking at a rate of 3.2%. And that certainly can be a lot lower than a loan on a used car. So somebody's looking at refinance, what are some preliminary things they can get already lined up before they even come and see you? You know, income documents are super, super yeah. important. Yeah. You know, if you're on a salary, that's easy. If you have a variable income, typically we'll get your pay stub into two years of your T4. Mm -hmm. We would want your 2021 annual mortgage statement and a recent property tax bill. So obviously income, property is really important. We would want to get a list of your assets. And then through our underwriting platform, we would pull your credit, obviously with your consent, mm -hmm. we would ingest all the liabilities into the file and then obviously make the plan that works best for you. And obviously we would make recommendations. We have another segment to go. What do you want to talk about? Any idea or am I putting you on the spot? Well, I mean, you're always putting me on the spot, but I'm sure uh, we'll be talking a little bit more maybe about first time home buyers. And if you want to ask me some more questions about refinance, you know, I can talk about it all day long. All right, we'll figure it out. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clint Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, here in Halifax and our nation's capital, Ottawa. Thanks for spending your valuable time with us. Clinton, who's that singing? It's Matt Mays. We've had Mays uh, playing on our show here a couple times. That's true. Why do you like Matt Mays so much? You know what? I'm fr uh, friends with a guy that's in his band. So obviously, you know, I'm maybe of a slight vested interest. I've seen Matt Mays playing uh, at the Shore Club. Yep. And he'll be playing at the Shore Club, Shore Club again this summer. You the like end, the Shore Club, don't you? And end, end, end August. You know what I've noticed? 
Yeah. Of all of these outings you've ever gone on, you've never invited me. You know what? You get invited all the time, Todd. It's what simply, are you saying? Simply not true. Oh, I well. feel slighted, and I'm developing a complex. Well, hopefully tonight, tonight's the night. <laughs> Maybe this weekend's the weekend. Who knows? <laughs> you right. just have to keep your phone on. There you go. Uh, so uh, we've got a bit of time left, and uh, we've been having a real good chat. I think the show's stellar, don't you? I think it's a really great show. First show of the official spring season, yes. the bu- busiest real estate market of the year. And I'm sure lots of people are tuning in while they're, you know, maybe getting up in the morning, yep. having their coffee. What better thing to talk about than mortgage lending, home ownership? Yes. Halifax. Let's talk new construction. What do you think? Ooh, lots going on in the new construction zone right now. Yeah. Um, I can tell you that uh, HRM has fast-tracked a bunch of new construction lots, which is great news for people who live here in Halifax and really probably across this province. Yeah. Uh, they fast-tracked several lots, which is really you know very good uh, for developers. Yeah. But that's going to translate into homes for people to buy. And some of the lots that they fast-tracked um, are, you know, some multi-unit type uh, lots that, you know, could be apartments down the road, which is very exciting. And we need all levels of housing here. You know, it's not just new construction, single-family homes. We need townhomes. We need condos. We need apartments. We need low-income housing. We need seniors' housing. We need all kinds of different uh, housing, you know, obviously in this market. And... I think the city has heard the request coming from the province, and I know the federal government is trying to mot- motivate all levels of government to get these shovels in the ground, and I think it's great news. And I think when there's new construction, people will move up. Maybe they'll, they'll list their resale homes for sale, and maybe that'll open up some more opportunities for first-time home buyers. All right, so tell us about the uh, the mechanics of a, of a mortgage for new construction. You mm-hmm. get a draw, uh, how does this all work? Yeah, there's, so there's two different ways that uh, you can finance a new construction. The most popular way, and I'm going to go it on a limb and say 90% of the new constructions are done with a turnkey. So uh, that type of transaction and what a turnkey means is you as a buyer, you pay at the end. The risk is on the developer, which is the, the, the builder, yeah. and you don't pay until the builder gives you a home that you have an occupancy permit, the home is all completed, and um, you know it's very safe. The reason that's the preferred method, it's safe for you, it's safe for them, and it's safe for the bank. Yeah, well so, it wouldn't, wouldn't be safe for the developer. Well, it's pretty safe for the developer because guess what? They don't have to worry about getting paid. No, but they got to have the money to pick, to get to that. This is true, but you know point. that cost is built into this construction, yeah. and uh, or into into the purchase agreement, we'll say. Yeah. And you know, there's pros and cons on doing a turnkey. You're going to pay more deed transfer tax mm-hmm. with a turnkey because you're paying deed transfer tax in the full amount of the purchase. So that's one downside. Well, you do you anyway, don't you? Pay 10%. Per- uh, if, you, if you do a draw mortgage, yeah. you already own the land. Oh, I see. So you've only paid detransfer tax on that lot. Yeah. Um, you know, the other kind oh, of... I see what you the kind of other upside yeah. as... Uh, Not a huge amount of money there, though. Like, we're talking a couple thousand yeah. dollars, yeah. you know, maybe five, six thousand dollars, ten thousand yeah. dollars in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. In my personal opinion, 
I believe a turnkey is the best for everybody involved. Is that right? Now, I'm not saying that things cannot go wrong with turnkeys. I know, Todd, uh, there was an, a news article yep. here in Halifax that a developer basically has delayed with the intention, yeah, well, we'll say uh, maybe untested intention, mm -hmm. um, to wait these buyers out for hope, hope, with the hope that they're going to cancel their purchase agreement because they can resell these homes for two and $300,000 more than what oh. they entered in this agreement prior yeah. to 2020. Right. Um, so I'm not saying that a turnkey is without, without fail. Uh -huh. um, it is typically the safer route. Yeah. So the other option would be you, you take a draw and you, you're kind of the subcontractor yourself. Is yeah. That... Well, you could still hire a draw. Uh, you could still hire a general Somebody contractor. That, yeah, you still, you still could, but you handle the draws and all you that. handle the draws. And typically oh. when you do, draw financing. And we don't currently offer this in our office, but certainly lots of lenders do, Todd. Uh, and when you do draw financing, you can either do a self-build or you can do a contractor build. If you do a contractor build, the contractor would have to have at least uh, Atlantic new home warranty or they would need to offer a one-off policy for Lux. Mm -hmm. If you do a self-build, you need a quote for every single dollar to build a house to a hundred percent. Self-builds, as you can imagine, are very, very risky. Yeah. You know, you get hurt, there's cost overruns. Uh, you can't get the subcontractors in place. There's material shortage. I think draw financing is very, very risky. If I am, uh, you know, honest, I don't think customers are typically happy when we do draw financing. And you know, as a business, we basically decided we don't want to put clients in that risk position. Mm -hmm. Are we maybe? cutting off our nose a little bit and maybe, you know, giving up on some business that, you know, we certainly did a lot of draw financing in the past, Todd. I think a little bit, yes. But guess what? That accounted for less than 5% of our business. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very time consuming. And usually clients aren't that happy because it's a lot of work yeah. and, you know, things go wrong. And, you know, we deal with obviously a couple different partners and, um, you know, many of the bank lenders have actually exited doing draw mortgages mm -hmm. it's just too risky yeah. and typically the cost for uh interest rate on a draw mortgage is higher than what it would be on a on a turnkey so pros and cons to both my professional opinion i think a turnkey is safer if you want to do a draw we're not the place for you yeah and i'll just you know be very open and honest yeah. i'm not saying that we're never going to do a draw again i'm not going to say that todd it's just not our bread and butter, and we want to be experts at what we do every day. And we want to give good advice. And I think that's really how we've built this business, and that's why we've done over 4,000 transactions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we haven't done this based on like a hope and a dream. We've done this based on, hey, we have been tried and tested, and we can give expert advice for the types of transactions that you're that we're doing every day. So I would think on the on the turnkey the the developer would would have to get some documentation from the from the lender the money's there. Right? Yeah, we certainly have to give uh, you know a letter of financing. Yeah. That's certainly part of the agreement. And as a buyer, you're going to give the developer, the seller, the builder a deposit. And that's part in that's part of the purchase agreement. That deposit will be used towards your closing costs, and maybe that deposit is going to make up part of your down payment. Um, and um, you don't pay, and the mortgage doesn't close mm -hmm. until the house is complete. So just quickly, is there, are, are, is there a lot of building going on? Are there a lot of opportunities? Yeah, on? there's certainly a lot of construction. Yeah. Um, 
I can say that, uh, you know, I think there's more resale homes kind of changing hands than there maybe are new construction, mm -hmm. but there's certainly a lot of new construction uh, happening all the time. And Todd, with all these lots that have now been opened up and fast-tracked, we're going to see more and more new construction. I'm excited. I think it's great business. And usually buyers who buy a new construction home, mm -hmm. usually they make money. How do people get a hold of you? Check, it us, check us out online. I think that's the first place to start. You can check us out at teamclinton.ca slash radio. Lots of great information on our website. We have hundreds of blog posts, current rates. You can download our guide to homeownership and uh, and even you know watch some of our videos from yeah. months gone by. Yeah, you got it. Always a pleasure, Clinton. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That's Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. Mortgage 101, your guide to homeownership. Thanks for listening, everybody.